Okay, this evening, we want to see if we can crystallize the biblical principles we have gleaned thus far from the exposition of the scriptures concerning the purpose of the church. Uh, tonight's message is, is what I have called an applied review. An applied review. In other words, we're trying to see if we can apply everything that we've discussed, but we want to review it at the same time. Um, we talked about our biblical mandate, and we want to see how we can bring that all up together in a practical way. If you recall, our first message in the series, which laid the foundation for the purpose of the church, uh, was called the purpose prescribed. Prescribed the same way we take a prescription. You go to a doctor, diagnose the problem, and he prescribes certain medication so that you may carry it out and be well again. That's the idea of the first message, the purpose prescribed. In other words, what God has laid out as a way for us to accomplish his purpose in the world. That was the first message, the purpose prescribed. The second message, uh, this morning, we talked about the message we proclaim. We try to find the core message that God wants us to have to fulfill his purpose. And we believe that is in Colossians 1. He says, we proclaim him, meaning Christ. Now, in the context, the proclaiming him means Christ within the believer. It's just not proclaiming the death and resurrection of Christ. In the context of the passage, when it says we proclaim him, it means we proclaim him as the indwelling Christ. That's the message. Not just the death and resurrection, but also the fact that he lives within us. And as I said, this is such a tremendous truth, one which I believe is neglected today. We're going to spend some more time on developing what it really means for Christ to be indwelling the believer. It's something that has, uh, it's, a, it's a subject, it's a truth that has been neglected uh, in these years. So we want to bring it back to your attention as well. So we had the purpose prescribed, we had the uh, the message we proclaim now tonight, I want to see if we can lay out a plan of action to accomplish what we've talked about. And so I've entitled tonight's message, The Program We Promote. The Program We Promote. In other words, what we try to do in order to fulfill the purpose that God has set us here for. Now, if you look at your notes, you will see that the first one, the purpose of the church with that diagram, we have already covered. Uh, and I trust that you will memorize that diagram. We covered Calvary's Bible Church's mandate as well. And we also covered our missional verse this morning. So we want to pick up from the section where it says, Preamble to our mission and vision statement. See, this is what we want to include in our Constitution. We're getting it developed so that this will be a polished document and every member of Calvary Bible Church will have this. And before you become a member, you'll be required to read it and to study it over 
and to let us know what you think about it because we want you to know what Calvary Bible Church is here for, what the purpose is. This is a preamble to our mission and vision statement. This isn't a statement, it's just explaining why we are coming up with a statement and it put us in the framework to do that. And here's what we say. As a reflection of our passion to worship and glorify the triune God, as members of the incredible body of Christ at Calvary Bible Church, we lovingly endeavor to make a visible and eternal impact upon all people within our mission potential, both local and worldwide, by... Let me stop there for a moment. Every word in here has been chosen specifically to reflect a biblical truth and our commitment to that truth. For instance, he says, as a reflection of our passion to worship. See, we're saying here that as members of the body of Christ, we must understand here that we are a worshiping people. And if we truly come to understand God, the triune God, we will have a passion for worshiping Him. And to glorify the triune God as members of the incredible body of Christ's Calvary Bible Church, we lovingly endeavor. This is taken from Ephesians 2, where the church is built up in love. We live a loving lifestyle. We do everything we do from an attitude, from a position, a motivation of love. We lovingly endeavor to make a visible and eternal impact. We want to bring the invisible God visible by how we live. And we don't only want to make a temporary impact, we want to make an impact upon people's lives that will cause that, uh, them to reflect that in eternity as well. In other words, we live today in the light of that day. We want to make an eternal impact upon all people within our mission potential, both local and worldwide. In other words, with everybody we have an opportunity to come into contact with. We want to make that eternal impact. That's where missions come in. Worldwide missions. That's where local missions come in. We want to make an eternal impact upon those with whom we come into contact, wherever we are. Now, don't you think that's a worthy ambition? Okay, now we want to do this how? First, and this is where the review comes in, by helping the lost to become Christians through faith alone in Christ alone. This is what we call evangelism. I don't like that word anymore because it's become too boxed into certain things. We've taken the lifestyle out and we've called evangelism things that we do. Knocking on doors, giving out tracts, and all that kind of thing. But true evangelism has to do with our lifestyle. But that's an important statement. Notice, helping the lost to become Christians. Can we make anyone become a Christian? But we could help them along the way, can't we? Helping the lost to become Christians through faith alone in Christ alone. In other words, the message of the gospel, the means of salvation is included there. Not works, but faith alone in Christ alone. Not in what you do, not in the church, not anything. Faith alone in Christ alone. So that's the message as well. We have the idea, the concept of salvation being by grace. It's only by faith. That reflects the scriptures, doesn't it? And we want to promote that wherever we go. 
That's evangelism. Nurturing Christians to grow into spiritual maturity in the relationship with Christ. We can call this edification. Nurturing Christians, that's what it's all about. We proclaim Christ, the indwelling Christ, so that we might present everyone mature or perfect in Christ Jesus. That's the end product of all the ministries that we're involved in, so that the people that we minister to become Christ-like. And this is where edification, this is where equipping comes in, and we must put emphasis on that, because you will not have anybody going out evangelizing, if you want, the way God wants us, unless they are truly worshiping God. You see, an outreach always comes as a result of our being reached inwardly by the Spirit of God. And it's an overflow of our love and our concern for others that God has placed within us that causes us to go and tell others. Let me explain this very carefully. One of the major reasons why Christians are not witnessing the faith is because they're not enjoying the Christian life. They're not enjoying it. And so because they're not enjoying it, why share it? If you enjoy the Christian life, if you have a genuine fellowship with God and you revel in that relationship, you want to share that. And so we look at evangelism as some would say to the overflow of the love of God within you, the love that you are experiencing. I say again, I remind you of this. You don't see us advertising. Do you? But come to this meeting, come to... Well, certain things, mind you, but I mean in general. Why? Because if you don't advertise what God is doing here, why should we take a newspaper ad to tell people and when they come they find it's not here? Come, enjoy these exciting times together and you all come in and you're dead. Come and enjoy a loving fellowship and you come here and you're not caring for one another's needs. No, no. If you are really loving God and having a fellowship with Him, you are automatically going to share it. And as they say in the business world, the best advertising is word of mouth. It worked for me. It'll work for you. That's the idea, you see. And so the idea of nurturing the Christians vital, and we'll talk about that as we go on. And then thirdly, equipping mature Christians to serve Him. Now, that could be misunderstood. I don't mean that only mature Christians can serve him. But that's the process here. When you nurture believers, the things that they will do automatically is to serve. And there are some people who could be equipped to believers. All are supposed to come to maturity, but not all will be leaders, right? And so is our purpose, our desire to mature all, but to equip some for leadership. You understand? Equipping mature Christians to serve him both within the church and outward toward the lost and hurting people in the world in which we live. That's how we hope to make an eternal impact upon those with whom we come into contact. Notice, our mission is to purposely implement the biblical process that will more effectively and assuredly transform believers into mature disciples of Jesus Christ to the glory of the triune God. To put it very simply, what we say here, we want to use the biblical means and methods that God has prescribed for us. 
in order to bring this about. We don't want to use man's or fleshly means or methods to accomplish spiritual goals. That's the point. Does that make sense? See, that's the reason why sometimes we become so discouraged and defeated and we seem to be just spinning our wheels around. Why? Because we're trying to accomplish spiritual goals and purposes and objectives by using fleshly means. It won't work. And so what we say here is that we want to utilize what the, the, the means the scripture gives. No matter how the other, world, the other churches or whatever is screaming out doing all other kinds of things. Okay, so churchmen on evangelism Sunday they have. Bring an unsaved friend in and we'll give you free tickets to see the cowboys play. And you see people go out doing that. Should that be done? Just to get a ticket? That's the reason why you're going to invite somebody to church? But we do it gleefully. And there are many other things like that we do. And we say God is blessing that. I'm so glad that God blesses many times, not because of, but in spite of. And he does. So that's the statement then, that's the preamble. Statement of overall purpose. The ultimate purpose of Calvary Bible Church is to glorify the triune God as in obedience to his word and through the illumination and enablement of his Holy Spirit. Notice that again, in illumination. The only way we could know what God wants us to do is through the Holy Spirit speaking to us through his word. Isn't that right? Now this morning we said, we mentioned and that where is our head? The head of the church. In glory. Where is his body? Here on earth. How in the world are we going to get orders from our head? The word and the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit using the word to illuminate us. To tell us what the Holy Spirit is communicating to us. And sometimes we have the word and we need the Holy Spirit to communicate with us in ways that sometimes differ than normal ways. In other words, he speaks to us in different ways to give indication of what he wants done. So that's why it's so important for us to study the word of God. That's why it's so important for us to know the word of God. That's why it's so, much, so important for us to give opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Sometimes we've been asked, why in the world you have a little prayer service in the morning service? I like to fool around. I say one reason, because we have it on Wednesday night, nobody come out. Isn't that something? You have a prayer meeting. Sunday morning you might have 500 people there. If you get 25, you're doing good. Now why is that? In fact, look at this night. Why aren't people here tonight? Do they have a faith they want to share? Or has the culture so encroached upon them now that the culture has taken precedence over the Christian culture of worship and so on? Uh, my, my point is here that I believe that's what's happening, and I believe this is why we really need to work with this concept of the indwelling Christ. I don't believe that our passion for Christ is as strong as our passion for comfort. Anything that we have to exert a little bit of energy, we don't want to do. We don't want to do. That is not for Christ. Now we'll do it for ourselves, but we won't do it for Christ. And I believe that indicates a lack of genuine commitment and passion for the indwelling Spirit of God 
and dwelling triune God. And that's what we have to develop, you see. Like Paul mentions in the passage, there can be no real spiritual growth and, unless there is some sacrifice and some suffering experience. Paul mentions that very, very clearly. All right, statement of overall purpose. The ultimate purpose of Calvary Bible Church is to glorify the triune God as an obedience to his word and through the illumination and enablement of his Holy Spirit, we seek to continue the redemptive ministry of his son, Jesus Christ, in this world. In all of its spiritual, physical, and emotional aspects. In other words, we're talking about meeting the needs of the whole person. To the full extent of our potential. That means as far as our people, our people and resources are concerned. Both local and worldwide. We cannot do more than we can do. Is that right or wrong? But we should do everything we can. Isn't that right? That's the point here. And to give evidence of our subjection to the headship of Jesus Christ. To the manifestation of the indwelling Holy Spirit in our individual and corporate life. That simply means that we're talking about. We demonstrate by what we do our dependence upon the word of God and the spirit of God working in and through us. Not through fleshly means, but the power of the Spirit of God. All right, that one is quite clear. Now, here's a statement of our overall goal. What is a goal? A goal is the means of accomplishing the purpose. We have the purpose set out. Now, how is that accomplished? By accomplishing the goal. What are some of the goals? Again, this is a review. The overall goal of Calvary Bible Church is to continue the ministry of Christ on earth. And it's threefold in nature. We went through this uh, already. First, to aggressively evangelize the lost with the intent of leading them to faith alone in Christ alone. Secondly, to consistently nurture believers to become spiritually mature disciples so that they reflect Christ-likeness in everyday life. And thirdly, to equip them that they are unable to minister effectively both to other members of the body of Christ so as to affect the qualitative growth of the body. It's given in Ephesians Colossians. And to the world of unbelievers, that's evangelism. Qualitative growth has to do with edification. And to the world of unbelievers has to do with evangelism, both at home and aboard, so as to affect the quantitative growth of the body. In other words, quantitative num numerical growth will result if the quality of our people increase. If our love for God, our love for Christ, our passion for the triune God increases, then we will share our faith. It is as simple as that. Statement of our overall objectives. What are the objectives? Objectives are the means of realizing the goals so that we could realize the purpose. In other words, this is actually where we start from. We end up from the objectives and we, end, and we start from the objectives and we end up at the purpose. Objective number one. To personally and corporately encounter the triune God through meaningful worship experiences in an atmosphere of acceptance, belonging, and spiritual freedom, so as to provide for developing and expressing personal worship in prayer, songs of praise, adoration, admonition, and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, and in celebration of the Lord's Supper, doing of good deeds, ministering to spiritual gifts, and of joyfully given of financial resources. Now this is a way that we worship God. These are some of the means that are utilized to worship God on a corporate session. Session, and We come together to sing, to pray, to serve one another. We are encountering God. In other words, we are demonstrating to him 
that he is the one who is worthy to be served and to be worshipped. You see, we have the idea of the whole, we're trying to develop an atmosphere in our corporate gatherings where our people will be free, free to worship the Spirit of God the way the Spirit of God leads them. The Spirit of God does not lead everybody to worship in the same way. See, this is why, and I, I keep telling Anthony this, he don't listen too much, but I keep telling him that don't tell people what to do when they come to worship. Kneel down. Raise your hand. Now, at the times, that's okay. But you see, if we, want, if, if we tell everybody, raise your hand, why are you raising your hand? Maybe God isn't working in that person's life to the point where they want to raise their hand. You understand what I'm saying? And maybe he's worshiping in his spirit in a different way. Maybe somebody want to clap. Now, those of you who don't want to clap, don't look at that person who want to clap. Maybe somebody want to use a tambourine. Now, those of you who don't want to use a tambourine, don't look down at that person as though, hey, you're disturbing the peace. Why? Because God works through his spirit in the life of individuals differently than he works from others. We're not looking for uniformity. And one's not godlier than the other. Exactly. None is God more godly than the other. We must see that. In other words, there must be a freedom within our gathering where we believe that all of us are responding to the Spirit of God's working in our life as an individual. Now, is that easy to do? No. Because that's where tradition comes in. That's where our own disposition comes in, our own attitudes and so on. Some of us with better background, boy, we can't raise hands for none. <laughs> Can't clap for nothing. No, that, I'm serious about that. And no matter how much we want to. But you know, I believe it's possible that when the atmosphere is right, when everybody realizes that I am love, no matter what I do, you'll have that freedom. And see, that's the kind of, and we're working, but how to do it is so difficult. I keep telling Anton, every time we meet to plan these, I says, Anton, man, I don't know, something's still missing here. I, it's, it's just not that spontaneity. It's just not that, that feeling of the spirits. Just, I say something's got, i got to find some way of doing this. You haven't found it yet. If you can help us, we need your help. Maybe it's the people. I don't know. Maybe. But we're trying it. That's worship. Objective number two. To personally and corporately encounter the word of God through effective expository teaching by spiritually qualified individuals who stand for the historic fundamental truth of the Bible and who through the Bible equip the saints for service for the building up of the body of Christ, foster unity of doctrine and fellowship, lead to increasing knowledge of the Son of God, to spiritual maturity measured by the stature of the fullness of Christ and for protection against the deceitful scheming of Satan. In other words, the word of God is to be taught by men who are gifted by God to teach the word. Now this is the problem we have, the difficulty sometimes in, in a lot of churches. You, you remember, and now listen, now this is historical. This is no criticism, okay? You remember, and it we to do it at the Brethren Church too. Every week, another person was to lead the songs, the singing in the church. Remember that? Every man has to have the chance. That's just the way you do it. You get somebody up there, all right, I want you to turn to hymn number six. And then he moves away. What is he up there for? He can't lead. He can't sing. But because it's his turn, he gets up. You understand? Is that benefiting the body of Christ? 
The same principle is done when we come to preaching. You a man in assembly? Well, you preach this Sunday. Next Sunday, this fellow preached. Why? Because it's your turn. There's nowhere where that is validated in Scripture. Nowhere. But we feel that's holy. We feel that's pious. But it's not biblical. And some people don't like to say that, but the, the word of God is something that has been is delivered and handled to God's people. It has to be by a man who is gifted by the Holy Spirit to proclaim that word. Of course, we do it in different ways, different mannerisms, but the gift is there nonetheless. You see, and this is important. The proclamation of the word of God, not only from the pulpit here, but, but in the, the classes as well. Okay, quickly, objective number three. To per personally and corporately encourage, encounter the people of God through meaningful fellowship experiences through which spiritual gifts might be mutually shared and love for one another demonstrated in a practical manner so as to encourage one another to love and the good deeds. We're just talking about the people of God getting to know one another's needs and so on, where they are freely sharing of the resources to meet one another's needs. Is fellowship not just having parties and fellowship together with, in, the, in the sense of eating together? That's involved. But the idea of sharing what we have for the benefit of others. Now, we need to do a little bit more in providing uh, opportunities for people to get together just to share. We don't have enough of that, and we're trying to develop means for that to happen as well. Quickly, number five, to personally and corporately encounter unbelievers through meaningful evangelistic missions, opportunities, and passionate social outreach. This is where we try and, and we seek to be involved in missions, and we take on missions, and we work with them. Uh, this is we try to have an, a, 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 a reach out in our community, like uh, the Inasmuch ministry, the Feeding the Poor ministry, the handing out of the uh, clothing and all of those. That's what we're talking about here, trying to make a social impact upon our community. And this is another area that we have to try to improve. And we're doing great with the soup kitchen and all of those things. You see, here's the point. Any of these ministries that you feel that you have a passion for and a concern for and isn't being done, if it's a fulfilling of a biblical mandate, you let us know and we'll get behind you and encourage you and give you the resources you need to carry out the mission, the ministry. Otherwise, we come into a situation where for every ministry that we want, we've got to hire somebody to do it. That's not what the church is all about. See? Expected results, the true, the mature disciple of Jesus Christ. When we do this, when we produce disciples of Jesus Christ, we can say mission accomplished. Because that's what we're here for, to produce mature disciples. Mission accomplished when that is done. Our vision statement. You know, in Proverbs 29, 29, 28, it says, where there is no word from God, the people go astray. That's the literal translation. How the King James uh, interprets it, uh, translated, says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we have people today, preachers who get up and say, where there's no vision, that means a dream, a big idea I have. If you don't have a preacher or a pastor who get a big idea for the church, then the people are going to perish. That's not what that passage is teaching. The passage is teaching where there's no word from God, the people go astray. Why? They do their own thing. And so what I see here as a vision is, what is God's word saying to us? 
That's what we are to do. If we don't do it, we're going to go our own way. And unfortunately, I believe that that's what's happening in many churches. Not all, but many. They're going their own way. They've forgotten the book, the revelation. You see, with there's no revelation, no word from God, the people go astray. And so we will seek to respond with relevance to the needs of the people of the Bahamas with the compassion of Christ as a result of our love for the triune God. In other words, why do we reach out in love? Because we've experienced the love of God in our own lives. We will seek with loving care to restore to all people to whom we minister, but, but especially to the people of the Bahamas, to hope that is in Christ, as an extension and manifestation of the loving church community we experience as members of Calvary Bible Church. That simply means here, hey, we're going to be enjoying one another so much, we want to get others to come in and enjoy it as well. That's all it means. In other words, our witnessing unto others is going to be ten, depend upon how you feel you are being loved in this church. In this assembly, we will, through faith and indwelling Christ by the Holy Spirit, seek to reproduce in others the work of Christ, the work Christ is performing in our personal and collective lives as disciples of Christ, so that together we might grow toward and in spiritual maturity. And so, here is my vision, my view. I see a passionately worshiping, learning, loving, caring, proclaiming, serving family whose only reason for living is to glorify the triune God. That's my mandate as a pastor, to help to bring that about. And so here's a statement of commitment. The supreme mission of the church as a result of this, and so also of every believer, is to glorify the triune God and to serve him forever. Therefore, if what we do as a church or as individuals cannot serve the glory of God, it will not be done. So don't come to me to ask us to do anything that you know is not expressly to bring glory to God. See what I'm saying? That's the kind of mentality, attitude we have to come into. That'll cut out a lot of programs right away. Because many times you do things just because other churches are doing it. Or just because we want to make a name for ourselves. It should only be done for the glory of God. Our overall purpose, goals, and objectives set forth our philosophy of the local church and its ministry. This, in turn, must form the foundation for our thinking and activities as a local body. It directs us in what we ought to be doing. Anything that does not contribute to this philosophy of our purpose, goals, and objectives shall therefore be either corrected, rejected, or eliminated from the activities of the church. In other words, as we go through our ministry and we look at the various ministries and everything that's happening, are they there to accomplish the glory of God or just there for some personal benefit? If they're only for personal benefit, they should be eliminated. We want to only do those things that are prescribed by God to bring glory to Him. That's the idea. And so I say this is our commitment. And here's a little quote. If we do not unite in our vision, we will fail in our mission. In other words, we have to see this same vision. Isn't that right? We have to have the same purpose in mind or else we're going to fail. And so I say, my vision is, I see a passionately worshiping, learning, loving, caring, proclaiming, serving family whose only reason for living is to glorify the triune God. Now I say that if you see the same vision, then we should be able to say this statement again, but this time we only put we into it. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we close right now. And if you see this as something that God, you believe that God is directing us to do, I would want you to join me 
in reading this statement, but this time rather than saying I, I want to say we. We as a corporate body of Calvary Bible Church. Now really, if you don't see it, if you don't want to be involved from this connect and this appointment, please just don't say anything. Just don't read it, all right? And none of us are going to look down on you for doing that. But if you really feel that what we've said is biblical and is uh, something that we should be moving towards, then please read this with me. We see a passionately worshiping, learning, loving, caring, proclaiming, serving family whose only reason for living is to glorify the triune God. Selah. Think and act on these things.